This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. With Kevin De Bruyne, who sets up a shot and scores. And now it's with Harry Kane, and it's another chance to make it three, and he doesn't miss this time. And Coutinho for Salah. Oh, that's brilliant. Mo Salah's header from Coutinho's excellent cross. And here's your host, James Rose. We've hit another milestone as we record our first 30th episode of a single season. Exciting times indeed. Joining me once again for this special occasion is the leader of the Kansas City Spurs fan group, the man who still feels metaphorically and physically hammered from the weekend and today, and who's quite the chap for cutting grass. Instagram has the proof. It's Jervis Mente. How are you, bud? After some dodgy lasagna, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Dodgy lasagna. Who served it? <laughs> was it awesome? I, Cesc Fabregas. I knew it. I knew it was coming. There goes the uh, we're also here, of course, with the leader of the Casey Gooners, the man whose top four celebration banner is still only partially hung in his living room and who's still fixing the brightness on his TV from that Game of Thrones episode. It was too dark, perhaps. It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? You know, obviously the weather in Kansas City, Missouri today was to blame for Maurizio Pochettino's failure to insert Sissoko into the starting 11 today. So blame the weather, blame the wind, blame the scheduling, blame Mother Nature. You have criticism for Poch today? That's hilarious. I think it's a first, too. I have to check back on that. But uh, before we get started on the show, uh, we do have a fun show announcement of our off-season special. Uh, Yes, for the first time in our pod history, we'll be running the Podcasters Cup. It is an FA Cup-style tournament where all-star podcasters and football writers will face off in a knockout-style contest on EPL Quiz Knowledge. So there'll be eight overall contestants, with Jared and Boyce being two of them. And as we go through each game, eight will become four, four will become two, and then we'll have an overall winner. So very exciting times. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Keep your eyes peeled on our Twitter page for more updates, including the full list of our eight contestants and the live drawing to see who gets to face who. Uh, guys, you excited for it? It's going to be Drew. <laughs> You're going to get Drew. <laughs> it's going to be Drew. No, he's going to win. Drew. I don't know if I'm going to get but Drew's going to win. Drew's going to... Okay, we'll, we'll take that. not be either of us, I can guarantee you that. Oh, Jared and I are both going out in the first round. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, we've got some positive thoughts there. I'll take it. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun, though, like I said. So keep your eyes peeled on all those updates. Uh, Right, let's get on to it then. For our first round, we're going to play all three points. So as usual, from the three topics given, each person is going to get a statistical question stemming from the match. And then a round of discussion will follow afterwards. So three points for a correct guess. And here are today's topics. United share points with Chelsea. Spurs get hammered at their new home. Another Gunners away loss. So those are our topics. And Boyce, you're up first this week. So what is your pick? Oh, let's just talk Arsenal. Why not, right? Why not? They're doing just splendid. Uh, However, Arsenal lose yet another away fixture, this time at the hands of Leicester City. And an impressive shift from Jamie Vardy. The final score was 3-0. So Boyce, your question from this. When was the last time Arsenal conceded at least three goals... In their last three consecutive Premier League games, was it 98, 84, or 1966? <laughs> uh, 1984. Unlucky, but no, it was actually the earlier 1966. Would you believe it? It's been that many years since 
This has happened to Arsenal. At this point, is it literally just poor away form or bad defending, or is there something more telling going on here? I mean, I think more so than anything, it's just fragility. You look at the Arsenal situation where every time they allow the opposing team to score the first goal in an away match, they're toast. They just, they fold. And in this particular match, I I think you've got to look to Michael Oliver. You know, you look at the Ainsley Maitland-Niles cards. The first one is a questionable shoulder-to-shoulder tackle on the left flank. And then the second one is a situation where James Madison basically dives and makes a loud noise and rolls over a bunch of times. And then Michael Oliver gives Ainsley Maitland-Niles his second yellow card and a dismissal for a red. And Arsenal, let's be perfectly frank about this match. Arsenal weren't really in it in the beginning. I think there's an amazing stat that they were talking about on the Arscast where there were like less than 30 passes in the first 35 minutes from Arsenal that were actually (laughs) successful. That's not good. That's not how you win a match. But the situation is when it's nil-nil, and you have 11 versus 11, really anything could happen. It really did look like Arsenal were going to get into at least the half with an even scoreline and a chance to potentially win it in the second half. And, you know, the the narrative for the early part of the season was that they were a second-half team. Who knows what happens? Michael Oliver's second yellow card to Ainsley Maitland-Niles sort of turns the match on its head. You knew at that point, 35 minutes in, Arsenal are going to be able to defend for 65 minutes and, you know, finish off Leicester. I think it it really is just fragility, though. This team, it doesn't matter if Mustafi's in it. You know, obviously he was largely to blame for the the loss at home to Crystal Palace, but you know, it, he was serviceable in this match. It's just a question of the fact that there's no cutting edge. It, it really does appear as though the loss of Aaron Ramsey, the loss of somebody to sit, what Unai Emery had been doing in the latter half of the season is putting Obama Yang and Lacazette up front with Meza Ozil in sort of a triangle position, and then Aaron Ramsey directly behind them. And Aaron Ramsey had done an incredible job at propelling the team forward and actually making runs into the box and scoring goals. And nobody else is able to do that. You're looking at the Game of Thrones white version of Henrik Mkhitaryan, who is just slowly inching around the pitch and not doing anything of relevance. And, (laughs) you know... it befuddles the mind to look at some of the goals that were scored in this match. Yeah, Jamie Vardy got a brace, but he basically had it handed to him in one fashion or another. Mm-hmm. I, they weren't goals that came of any pure performance. They were goals that Arsenal gifted the opposition. And this is a team, and it's very strange, because in the beginning half of the season, Arsenal were kind of capable of back-ending their way into results even when they were playing poorly in the second half. And in the latter half of the season, it's all gone for naught. And I think it's going to be really interesting because I do think Arsenal will beat Brighton this weekend, and I think one of Chelsea or Spurs will drop points. But as an Arsenal fan, you can't even look at a match against Burnley, a team that is already secure in their maintenance of their Premier League position, on the last match of the season, when they have nothing to play for and their bags are already packed to be able to go on vacation and think, you know what? Arsenal could win that if they had it in their own opportunity to be able to enter into the Champions League and make top four. <laughs> like, you know, a, a Burnley team that's on vacation could beat Arsenal at home. 
And that is just pure fragility. It's a scary prospect, that's for sure. Uh, Jared, your uh, question on this one. Since Brendan Rodgers took charge at Leicester, how many points out of 24 has he earned for them? Is it 9, 12, or 16? A decent little runner form. Uh, where are they in the table? Is that cheating, if I look at that? <laughs> I don't know. I uh, guess not. <laughs> 16 sounds high. So I'll say 16. <laughs> 16 is right, though. Nice work. <laughs> there are those all three look at points. The table for the record. <laughs> for the record, no cheating was done here. But it is actually five wins, one draw, and two losses since he took charge. So uh, question then Christ, is... Christ, we, we take that. Good grief. <laughs> I think Spurs is the opposite on that one. Uh, but from this, do you, do you think that now that they've got Brendan Rodgers in place at, at Leicester, do you think there's a, a somewhat bright future for them? Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy Brendan Rodgers. And, you know, this is a Leicester squad that's not you know, lacking talent at all. I mean, to see Tillemans go, like, it just breaks my heart because I think, wow, wouldn't it be nice to see him in a lily white kit and i don't know give us a little bit of depth this is a team that can score some goals and uh you know poor leno just being hung out to dry he actually had some amazing saves in this this is a talented team and i think brendan rogers can can make them win uh obviously uh i think this is kind of a nice feather in their cap especially with the lesser city club as being struck by tragedy this year mm-hmm. um you know they'll continue their fight they'll continue their move up you know they have some some signings, uh, uh, it'd be interesting to see who they bring in, but um, you wonder if uh, Brendan Rodgers is kind of riding the new manager high, a la, you know, Ole Gunner. We'll see if they come back down to earth, but frankly, there's not a lot of time to, to come back to earth. I think they'll ride this one out. We'll see what he does in the transfer window as far as, you know, is going to be a rebuilding, a new Brendan Rodgers uh, defensive tactic philosophy. We'll see. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think Lesser are in good hands. <laughs> Jared Bud, you're up next. The uh, two topics left to choose are United share points with Chelsea and Spurs get hammered at their new home. I wonder which one you're going to pick. Uh, fine, let's do it. <laughs> it's like a reluctant choice. Uh, Spurs suffer a shock loss in their brand new home over the weekend thanks to a single goal from West Ham's Mikel Antonio. The final score was 1-0. Uh, your quiz question from this one. When was the last time Spurs lost at home? At home, so technically Wembley too, but at home to West Ham in the Premier League. Was it 2016, 2015, or 2013? Honestly, it was pretty recent. Uh, 2016. Unlucky bud, no, that is incorrect. It was actually 2013. It's been a while since West Ham has beaten Spurs at home. It was actually October 2013 when they last did it. Um Coupling this game with today's result, we'll throw that uh, game into the mix as well against Ajax. What is one of the biggest reasons for Spurs' lackluster performances over the last few weeks? Uh, It's depth. It's depth. I mean, my goodness. You have, I mean, your your favorite and uh, whipping boy Juan Foyt um, just (laughs) absolutely. I mean, despite he had one positive contribution offensively uh, that led to I don't know, across. I'm not going to sit here and celebrate, you know, across like I was today against Ajax. It's like, oh, look at that. We got the ball forward. <laughs> uh, it ain't that great. Uh, you look at this lineup, and, I mean, these guys are gassed. There's no no two ways about it. Uh, in a match where you could have sealed top four, um, 
And, you know, I've said this, you know, before, West never no slouches. You've got a, a decent midfield here, you know, anchored down by Declan Rice um, and Michael Antonio proving that he's still dangerous when, you know, you don't body up on him. It was a heck of a finish. Questionable celebration, heck of a finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, in, in, in looking at the Spurs Twitterverse today, you know, I'm hesitant to kind of put this at the feet of Deli Alley. Um, I, I think he's done a lot of the work behind the scenes, uh, that probably doesn't get you know a lot of a lot of appreciation. That being said, he's got to score goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know where he's I don't know where he's been, but I mean, he's got to score goals. Um, and to Boyce's point, uh, got to give Musa Sissoko a break, man. I mean, the guy has been uh, between Sissoko and Son. I yeah, I I I, I shudder to think where this squad would be. Mm. Um, and we were chasing a. Uh, uh, a Champions League spot today, and we're bringing on Juan Foyt and Ben Davis. Right. Like, you've <laughs> got to be kidding me. I mean, and thank God we had, you know, Vincent Jensen and Fernando Llorente on the bench against West Ham. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that, that, that level of depth, it just does not exist. I mean, we talk about not everyone has to check what Man City has, right? Not everyone can trot out two starting 11s, but there have to be pieces. And right now, I mean, we are rich uh, in the defensive and wing bat spot uh, to rumor mill last week uh, and seeing Trippier and Rose possibly gone uh, and bring in some midfield and attacking depth because they absolutely need it. I mean, mm-hmm. the legs are gone. And, uh, uh, you know, hats off to Lucas, who worked his ass off uh, in that West Ham match and again today uh, in the first leg against Ajax. But um, uh, when you get tired, you get sloppy defending, which was – I think led to the goal at Ajax today and uh, uh, similarly against West Ham. And we just mm-hmm. need bodies. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, boys, your question from this one. Uh, West Ham have earned an away clean sheet for the first time in how many games? <laughs> Is it 5, 10, or 15? I'm such an avid Hammers fan. Uh, <laughs> t- 10? It is 10. Nice. You've each got one. We'll take that. Good job. That's three points for you there. Uh, last time was a 2-0 win at Fulham in December. So we'll take that. Um, clearly ones to upset the party, though, West Ham. Do we see any positive forward progression for this team for next season? You know, I don't really know. You look at the first half of this match, they looked completely outmatched. Uh, it was just that Spurs were kind of profligate in front of the goal which has been kind of a theme for them in the absence of son and the ab you know in this match they had him today they didn't but spurs haven't exactly been clinical in front of the the goal the most of the campaign and this match was no different they squandered their opportunities in the first half west ham got a leg up in the second and they performed a little bit better but you look at some of the players on this squad they're they're capable of something more but I don't really know if that necessarily translates into an improved campaign for them next year. Right now, they're in 11th. Um, they're, it appears to be eight points now behind Wolves, who are in 7th. I think the 7 to 11 range is about where they're going to be. I don't know if it's investment. I, I think the reality for West Ham is that they've been even worse than Arsenal in the transfer market over the last five years, which is not something to be proud of. In fact, they've been taking Arsenal cast-offs, which does it, that's not a good place to be if you're trying to improve. The fact that they have Fabianski, who's actually been quite good this year, but Lucas Perez, you have Samir Nasri, you have Jack Wilshire. 
you have to characterize almost all of those transfers as failed versions. And yeah, you know, it was nice to see Antonio actually exert himself against Spurs in the second half. The finish for the goal was absolutely incredible and something he should be quite proud of. But if you look at West Ham's results throughout the year, yeah, you know, they've managed some good victories. They had a 1-0 against Arsenal. They had a 1-0 against Tottenham. You know, there are situations where they've taken they've taken some results that you wouldn't necessarily expect them to do. But if you look at the bones of this team, Declan Rice is almost assuredly gone during the offseason. And then you start looking at what that midfield looks like. And there are a lot of questions. Hmm. You've got Mark Noble that's still playing minutes. He's incredibly old when it comes to EPL footballers. He's probably negotiating an MLS contract as it stands right now. <laughs> uh, it's not good. And again, you know, you're looking at Mikel Antonio and Marco Arnautovic. Both of those players, insanely sporadic. So they're on 46 points right now. I would wager that they're probably going to be right around 50 points in 2019-2020 as well. All right, boys, we're back to you with the last topic, which is United share points with Chelsea. Uh, So United and Chelsea each share a point with goals from birthday boy Juan Mata and Marcus Alonso. The final score was 1-1. Your question from this one, United are now without a win in four games from all competitions. When was the last time this happened? Was it 2017, 2015... I feel like 2012 would have been during the Sir Alex Ferguson days. There's no way it happened during then. Uh, David Moyes, so 2016. You mean 2015? Sorry, 2015, 2015? yes. Well, that is correct. Yes, nice work. (laughs) I just had to double-check that, but yes, you are correct. Did you correct him into the correct answer, James? Well, Well, I wasn't going to choose the last one, and he knew that I wasn't going to choose the first one. I just had to make sure, uh, you know, everything has to be... Just just for the record, I just want to make sure. It's rigged rigged against Jared on this podcast. (laughs) Just making making sure. Get ready for the Spurs rumor mill, Jared. Anyway, uh, that was... Back in December 2015 was uh, the last time that happened, so not too far away. But um, why have United's performances dipped so much in the last few weeks? Because they're playing actually good teams. I don't really think it's anything above and beyond that. I think during the earlier parts of the reign of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, that they were playing crap teams from the bottom of the table and they were stringing together decent results, and everybody got everybody all, got all a flutter about how great Schmegel was and decided that he should be the next manager manager of Manchester United. And I, I think it was premature. It was a terrible decision. And it's going to end up harming United for another probably year or two. You look at the rumors today. Paul Pogba's talking about how he wants out, that he wants to go to a team that he can actually win trophies at. And if you're a Manchester United fan, the fact that a player wants to leave your team to go win trophies is pretty demonstrative about how far things have fallen since Sir Alex Ferguson left. Mm-hmm. This match was terrible. I, it was awful. You know, the the Chelsea goal came from just abysmal goalkeeping by David De Gea, who is apparently reveling in his Spain World Cup form as the latter half of the season goes through. The Chelsea goal was terrible. The Manchester United goal came from a little bit better, but Kepa, his goalkeeping statistics have not been as great this campaign as people have made it out to be. The fact that they sold Thibaut Courtois, who I think is, for all wants and purposes, a better goalkeeper than what they got, and spent 
an insane amount of money on an impetuous keeper who likes to blame everybody else but himself whenever a goal is scored is not indicative of a good future for Chelsea. And the fact that these two teams, one of which Chelsea is somehow in line for a top four place because Arsenal just refuses to take advantage of everybody else's screw ups. (laughs) So Chelsea keeps dropping points to terrible teams over and over and over again. And yet Arsenal can't take advantage of it. You know, I, I look at the 538 statistics about Chelsea and about what their overall SPI ranking is, and they're somehow ranked almost three full points against Arsenal, and I just don't understand why. The team has not evidenced itself to be very good. Uh, you look at the end of the campaign right now, you're talking about a situation where Chelsea have a home match against Watford and an away match against Leicester, and you're wondering whether or not they take the six full points. They're not really any more trustworthy than Arsenal. I legitimately think they're going to end up drawing with Watford at home this weekend. The team is all over the place. I'll be really interested. They play Eintracht Frankfurt on Thursday in the Europa League in a match that 538 and basically everybody else has declared that Chelsea is just going to annihilate them in. I think Sarri is going to go into that match being slightly overconfident, and Chelsea are going to end up with a slightly negative result on Thursday. Mm. I just There are more losses and more draws in that team. It's all over the place. Sorry, has no idea what he wants. The fact that Hudson Adoy is now out with for the season with an H with an ACL injury, you know, you have worries about Rudiger's fitness. You know, the long and short of it for this match is the fact that I think we all expected it to be played at a very high level, and that it was played at a very middling level between two teams that are on the same level of form, which is bad. Mm-hmm. Jared, your question from this one: Since his EPL debut in September of 2016. How many goals has Marcos Alonso now scored? Is it 8, 11, or 15? Uh, 11. Uh, unlucky, but no. It is 15. <clears throat> 15 goals, which is more than any other defender currently in the EPL since the time he joined. Crazy. Who would have thought? 15 goals from him. Just before or after he was drunk driving and murdered his girlfriend? Uh, probably, that- probably after. Probably. I, Should I, yeah. Spurs fans be throwing stones in glass houses about drunk driving? Just asking for your goalkeeper. Did we kill anybody? <laughs> Not that it's we know of. It's a different charge. Did man. he? Come I didn't on. know Marcus Alonso did. Yeah. Maybe up in the. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's opened driving up a whole new avenue. <laughs> killed his girlfriend. The fact that he's allowed to play is amazing. Right? Uh, by snatching a point here, can Chelsea make any kind of push for top four? I mean, oh. Can anybody? Right. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> there have been points left on the table, left and right. I mean, the answer is mathematically yes. Uh, I think Arsenal have to win out. Um, I forget. Are they is it home and away for them? So they're Brighton and then they're at Burnley. So I mean, who knows? I'm moderately confident that Spurs can take points from Cherries this this weekend, but I mean, you know, we were, we were texting about this earlier that yeah, Bournemouth is 100% able to score goals, and right now I don't think anyone wants to play Everton. So, yes, I don't know. Uh, there, it's going to be a bigger question of how this is going to influence if they don't make top four, right? Uh, if they decide to just burn it down and just kind of start over. I mean. Question of whether or not the transfer ban is going to be upheld and all this other stuff. Um, you know, when, you know, I think it's more of a when, not if, you know, Hazard goes. I mean, it's really going to force their hand. I mean, I know Sari says he's happy uh, that he wants to stay, but I don't, I don't know. 
yeah, it's, <laughs> somebody's got to. Somebody's actually got to want to finish top four. It's like the opposite of the race to the bottom that we normally have. Yeah, everyone's being too nice. It's like you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. Oh no, we got Europa League. You guys have it. Um, but anyway, we'll <laughs> we'll see who ends up in those two places. It's going to be tight race to the finish. Let's quickly move on to our next game, which is, of course, another round of Rumor Mill. So once again, each player is going to get a quote or a line from a newspaper or online resource from the last few days. All they've got to do is tell me if the words I read out were in fact printed or just something that is completely made up. So it's basically true or false. Two points for a correct guess. And Jared, you're up first with this one. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Manchester United want Spurs' £60 million rated Danish midfielder Christian Eriksen as part of their rebuilding plans at Old Trafford. Is that true or false? Uh, I mean, yeah. Sure. It's true. Yeah, nice work, bud. That'll get you those two points. Easy answer there. Uh, do we see Christian Eriksen at this point, A, leaving Spurs, and B, if so, going to Manchester United? Well, I am I do I want him to leave? Well, no, of course not. Um and I'm not sure he does leave. Um I think you know with the new with the purse that Poch is going to have, I think um you know maybe we see some wage shifting there. Um and then I mean it, it's really going to hinge on whether or not we you know qualify for Champions League football. Uh and then if you look at it, if let, let's say United are Europa League bound. I don't see Christian Eriksen uh, leaving Champions League football for non-Champions League football when he's already pretty well compensated. I mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think this is more Ole saying, look, he's an attractive player. Uh, they are in desperate need of midfield depth and uh, talent, uh, especially with the you know petulant child that Paul Pogba is. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't see Christian going anywhere over the summer, and I can't wait to be proven wrong. (laughs) Sad, isn't it? This could be the case. Uh, Boys, this next one is for you. Arsenal are considering offering 28-year-old England striker Danny Welbeck a new deal. True or false? True. He's read the papers. Yes, it is absolutely true. Uh, The Mirror, that glorious uh, read, uh, did did write those words. do we actually see that happening, boys? I do, actually. I think Arsenal are looking for players that can play centrally and out wide. I know that we have Obama, Yang, and Lacazette, but Welbeck was actually a pretty integral part of the squad in the earlier part of the season purely because he could spell both of them. And you look at what we've got. Generally, when Emery's deciding to play a 4-3-3, he's usually trying to find Mkhitaryan or Iwobi out wide. Neither of those players has really impressed very much at all this campaign. Welbeck's able to play centrally, he's able to play out wide, and above and beyond that, given Arsenal's general finances, he doesn't require a transfer fee, so if that's the kind of player that you're looking for and you're looking for backup, Danny Welbeck's a pretty decent option, even though he has a history of injuries, and, you know, I I mean, even if you're spending 85 or 90,000 pounds a week on him, again, that's money that you're not going into the transfer market and spending on another player for a transfer fee plus salary. I think it makes all the sense in the world. I'm surprised that it hasn't been done already. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Uh, Jared, this next one is for you. Roy Hodgson is confident that Zaha will stay at Crystal Palace for the foreseeable future. True or false? Uh, that that sounds delusional. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, I can see a really believe in that. 
It's full sun, Lucky Bard. It was the, actually, he said the complete opposite. He actually thinks uh, that the guy's going to move on. I mean, what would you say that out loud, right? I mean, you want to kind of inspire confidence in your team, but he thinks Zaha is going to move along. The question is where? Where do we think he's going to go? Uh, I mean, Arsenal. Spurs have always had an interest in him. Um, I I don't know. Highest bidder, man. Uh, I think he's a. I think he's kind of a special player, and uh, I wouldn't mind having him. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Boys, this last one's for you. English goalkeeper Joe Hart is now said to be looking to play for yet another Premier League outfit as he continues to play a second string to Tom Heaton at Burnley. I mean, I'm sure he'd love to think that he could play for another Premier League outlet. So true. It's false. Bad luck, bud. I completely made that up. Um, although, I want to say Joe Hart, I mean, he, he needs to retire at some point, right? I mean, poor guy. He's gone from the highest of highs to now second string at Burnley. Uh, what is the future for Joe Hart, do we think? Uh, he's going to get turned into glue. <laughs> uh, that can be recycled at any time. I love it. Uh, coaching. He's a pretty uh, He's a pretty beloved guy. I could see him being the England goalkeeper's yeah. coach. Not a MLS bound, maybe? Would there be any teams there that he might want? I don't know enough about the MLS, I guess. But uh, I don't know. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hey, maybe it could yeah. happen. It's it's MLS hate all podcast long on who kicked the corner <laughs> flag. But yeah. yeah, Who wants to be a goalkeeper on a turf field? Raise your hand. Yeah. Like, agree. Let's move on to our last game, which is, of course, another round of Player Profile. So, as usual, I'll provide five different clues to a different EPL player. First person to shout their name and correctly guess said player wins those two points. But you only get one guess, as an incorrect shot does freeze you out. This week, your clue to these players is last-minute winners. Last-minute winners. So, this translates to players who have scored in the 90th minute or later this season to take victory. This was a fun one to do research for, I'll tell you that much. Uh, guys, you ready to go? Sure. Why not? Let's do Why this. not? Why not? Player number one is 30 years old. Is from a South American country. Used to play for Arsenal. Boys. Yes, boys. Lucas Perez. It is not Lucas Perez. No, that just frees you out. Unlucky there, bud. Uh, Jerry, these last clues are for you. He is a forward. Currently plays for Manchester United. Oh, Alexis Sanchez. Yes, Alexis Sanchez. That is absolutely correct, sir. And that'll get you those two points. He scored in the 90th minute against Newcastle back in October 2018 and made his team the 3-2 winners. Quite a game there. Uh, Player number two is a Spaniard. Currently plays for the Wolves. Is a forward. There's that word again. Despite his 28 appearances, has only scored one goal this season. First name is Adama. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Adama Traore. Bam, there it is. Yes, Adama Traore is absolutely correct. And it'll get you those two points. He scored that 94th minute winner versus West Ham back in September 2018. It was glorious. Poor West Ham, eh? Player number three plays for Liverpool. Has been with the Reds since 2014. 
please, as a striker slash winger. Voyager. Yes, boys. Just got in there first. Sadio Mane. It is not Sadio Mane. No, that does freeze you out. So, Jared, these last two clues are for you. He is a Belgian international. First name is Divock. Divock Origi. Divock Origi. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you those two points. His 96th minute winner versus Everton <clears throat> back in December. I think it was just a 1-0 win, but uh, he secured Liverpool those precious, precious three points. Player number four is a striker. Used to play for Burnley. Has scored seven goals currently this season. Now plays for Watford. First name is Andre. Boyce? Yes, Boyce. Uh, blanked on that. <laughs> Andre Gomez? It is not Andre Gomez, no, and that freezes you out unbelievably. Well, actually, I don't know what freezes you out at the end of the clues. Uh, <laughs> Jared, what do you think? Any guesses? Uh, this is a tough Andre, one, actually. Andre Gray? Yeah, there it is, Andre Jeez. Gray. Nice. Oh, that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a recognizable player, eh? But yes, it is Andre Gray. Uh, his 93rd minute versus Leicester. Uh, back in March, uh, got them the overall victory there. Um, last player of this current game is an Englishman. He is 23 years of age. Plays for Spurs. Boyce. Jared. Yes, Boyce. Winks. Harry Winks, yes, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you those two points. Nice work. Uh, the other clues on that one were, first name is Harry, plays as a midfielder. Harry Winks, yes, his 93rd minute winner uh, against, against, Fulham. against Fulham. Yes, Boyce mm-hmm. <laughs> remembers it so well. But yes. Oh, uh, I do. <laughs> uh, it was in January of 2019. And guys, that is the game. And this was probably one of the closest games we've had in terms of points it was going back and forth and who's going to take the win but here are the final scores Jared, you have come away with 11 but boys congratulations not only have you won this game with 12 points but that now means you have officially won the second season of who kicked the corner flag how do you feel bud you know one of these days i'm just gonna go for an invincible season <laughs> he's getting cocky look out <laughs> oh, i've given him a good reason for it Jared, that was so close, though. Like, seriously, it was like, oh, my gosh, you're right to the death. And uh, thanks. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) You know, much like Arsenal won uh, the Premier League at Spurs Stadium, White Hart Lane in 2004, it was nice to win on a Spurs player in uh, Guess the Player on this particular Who Kicked the Corner Flag season. Uh, I I gotta keep going. There's a there's a bias here on (laughs) on timing. And I'm going to I'm going to forensic the tapes here well there'll Please be a do. there'll be an yeah. investigative report you guys are here from, you guys are here from me <laughs> we'll hear from lawyers uh, a plenty uh well folks that is all we have time for today big thanks as usual to my guests jerry basamente and voice richardson don't forget to share the love by rating us from itunes and of course subscribing to our weekly episodes you can also check out our musings on our twitter page at kick corner flag as well as our facebook page and instagram handle kickflag.com final words boys 
You know, I just want to offer congratulations to the Arsenal women's team who won the uh, FA Women's Super League this week and will now have the second place team, Manchester City, have to give them a guard of honor at Borum Wood this weekend, which, uh, you know, if you're going to make the second place team have to do anything, that's about as bad as it can be. But uh, (laughs) congratulations to that team, to Vivian Miedema, who was the FA Player of the Year for the FAWSL, and uh, just incredible. It's nice to see at least one Arsenal team have some fortitude. (laughs) Have some good success. Nice work there. Uh, And Jared? We'll be looking forward to uh, trying to recover from a 1-0 defeat uh, today to Ajax. We'll see what happens. We'll have uh, we'll have Sun back, and uh, I don't know. Maybe we can pull a rabbit out of the hat, but uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. All right, guys, that's all we have time for, and until next week. <laughs>